our uh, our projector re-established here should not be a big problem. some birthdays coming up this month like on the 20th a little girl named Tori we'll, we'll, we'll do that a little closer to the time it's Friday right She broke ranks. She broke ranks. She said, if you promise not to tell, I promise not to tell. Look at that, would you? Yeah, okay. I remember that. Your dog's birthday. Your dog's birthday. Um, perhaps we can do a little talking here. Okay, I believe we have the uh, the video. We'll try to get that started again. Where are you here? Okay.
There are some 55 different sects of Islam operating in the Niger Republic, such as this group of fundamentalists parading on one of their holy days, the birthday of their prophet.
we make many efforts to reach the Torah out in the desert where they're at home, often harassed by violent winds. We have often carried our own nomad tent of mats and wooden poles out to live with them in the desert. We hold regular Bible study classes in this tent, the home of Al-Qasim, who has accepted Christ as Savior along with his wife. Others attend this Bible class as Muhammad here, who has trusted Christ as Savior. This being one of the poorest countries in the world, there are many opportunities to help those who are in dire need by food relief, as well as helping to secure the livelihood of shepherds whose flocks often perish during periods of drought. Many have trusted Christ. Muhammadu was severely persecuted for his faith and is now with the Lord. Jibril and his family have trusted Christ. Lashka trusted Christ in her later years after listening to a cassette tape of our Sunday meetings. Her son Abraham is a believer, and his wife Nafi, his brother Ananias, Michelle and his wife are believers, and Fatimata, Ali, who was raised in a Quranic school, and his wife Fatimata, Al-Qasim's wife Mary, Hamada, Asmana, and Abadu. We traveled far out into the desert to visit Ali's father, Phony, when he was ill. We brought him to town to the doctor. He got better and trusted Christ. Several months later, he passed away. His son was so thrilled that his father had accepted the Lord that he marked his father's grave with crosses to stand as a testimony for Christ in a Muslim cemetery. Many others await the liberating message of the Word of God. Many are waiting in darkness and fear, waiting the story of Jesus to hear. Many are dying in sin and in woe. Jesus sent help them, oh, who then will go? Oh, oh, oh.
Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, some some things I need to uh, to remember to tell you, and one of them this morning is uh, I bring word from many uh, of whose photographs you may have seen, others you have not, from our brothers and sisters in Christ in our land that we work in, and they want to say to you, thank you for sending someone to give them God's word in their language. And for many years, for 25 years, we worked to translate uh, the New Testament into the, the language, uh, the Tamajic language. And uh, it's a long, painstaking task, I assure you. 140 degrees at times, and I kid you not. Uh, but those folk have come to us, and they're saying thank you for giving us God's word. And I want to pass that on to you folks here because you've helped us to do that. And there's no way we could do it without your help, without your prayers. Uh, it, is, it is God that worketh in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And so I want to thank you for that. The, uh, the video that you begin, uh, just saw is uh, several years old. Four or five years ago, we made that. The cassette tapes that we talked about have been replaced, and I want to uh, demonstrate this. Uh, we have on this little card, and actually the card is inside this adapter, and the card is about the size of your smallest fingernail. And on this we have the entire New Testament in the Tamajic language, as well as the book of Genesis and several other books and two gospel messages, and uh, putting that into a... This is the Gospel of Matthew. And we won't uh, tax your patience with that, but uh, to take my word, that is the entire New Testament. And uh, just on a, a little piece of plastic, the size of your fingernail. Now, uh, as we distribute this, we've distributed 500 of these, or similar, they're different models of this, that we buy right in the marketplace in the town, that village that we live in, that you saw in the photographs, and for about $22, and we've distributed over 500 of these. Everywhere this has gone, uh, people have come back and, and said, uh, we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for our sins, and we trust him as our Savior. Every place it is gone, and some who are priests in uh, the certain religion that we work with over there, 95%, one of the, uh, the teachers there, he said, I know this is the word of God because he said uh, of the genealogies. Now, sometimes we pass out uh, gospel literature in this country, and I've always, uh, Brother Allen, I've always uh, been a little fearful to give somebody a New Testament here because the first thing they're going to have to do is struggle with, uh, with uh, a page or so of genealogies. And, uh, but, you know, God uses that as well because this teacher said uh, only God could give a man's progenitor from the beginning of time all the way for hundreds and hundreds of years. And he uh, accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior, and now he's teaching something else. <laughs> and uh, some of the uh, things that I'm wearing here, for instance, uh, 
This is taken around, worn around the neck by the teachers of religion. And they have uh, uh, parts of the Koran in here. Uh, I don't have that. I have, in fact, the Gospel of John here. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're hoping soon to replace that with something new with some of them, and it's already happening. Uh, we have also discovered this that is, being, uh, that is being produced here in this country, and you see the size of this. This also contains everything that this does. The only the, the, the thing about this is it's small size and also it does not need batteries. It operates on solar cells that are right there and will play for hours and hours and hours. So uh, we're, we're, try, we're giving God's word to these people in any way that we can. And uh, we, we thank you for helping us to do that. These people never heard the word of God. I know that that escapes us that we could even understand that there are people in the world today that have never had uh, this book, that have never had the message of this book. But this has been the burden of my heart from the very beginning of our ministry over 40 years ago when we went out to the desert to work with uh, the, the people that God has sent us to work with. And uh, we appreciate your standing by us and your helping us to work in this ministry there. I'm going to read a few verses and uh, apply them, and we'll have some other things to say about the ministry and the things that God is doing there. In Acts chapter 16, and uh, we read how that the apostle Paul went out. By the way, the word apostle means missionary, one who is sent. Uh, we try to take and stick some theological uh, hierarchical name to that but actually the word means in the language of the new testament one sent with a commission and we know who uh, gave that commission do we not the lord jesus christ when he said go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever i've commanded you and lo i am with you always even unto the end of the world that's the commission. The apostle Paul was sent out uh, from the church at Antioch and went in, into the then world, uh, all throughout the, the known world that, at that time. And in chapter 16, we find that he is embarking on his second uh, journey uh, to the nations, to the Gentiles particularly. That literally means to the nations that are not Israelites, to carry the gospel to them. And we read in uh, verse uh, the first few verses of chapter 16, how that they were hindered at times. But in verse 10, after Paul had seen this vision in verse 9, and he saw this man of Macedonia standing before him and praying him, saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. The word help also can mean save us, help us. And it says in verse 10, after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. I think that uh, this is something that we, we have to come to grips with, that God has called us. God has singled us out. 
Why, why are you alive today? Just to uh, know God has a purpose in your life. God has a specific purpose in your life. If you name the name of Jesus Christ, if you've been born again, God has something for you to do. And it has to do with getting this message to mankind everywhere. Now, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying by that everybody has to go to Africa. The person that God's sending you to may be living on the, your street, right across the street from you. And that person will never see Jesus Christ except as he sees him in you and in your life. But God has given this message, and I am a believer in the, uh, the efficiency of the word of God. God's word is efficient to do his will and to do his work. Uh, the, the, uh, the Lord told the prophet Isaiah, he said, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I have sent it. The apostle, uh, when he left after they boarded the ship and they crossed the Aegean Sea, and to go over into Greece at that time, this area was known as Macedonia. And he visited Philippi. And from Philippi went on to Thessalonica and to Berea. And as he went into these places, God opened doors and opened hearts. And by the way, God has to open the heart of people. Uh, God does. The work of salvation is the, the work of the spirit of the living God. We can't save anybody. All we can do is give them this message. And, and, and the Lord Jesus Christ gave us in all of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the parable of the sword. And what did he say? The seed is the word of God. And Peter said later to the Christians that he wrote to, he said, uh, being born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. God's word is... How God performs his work if we give these people God's word. And this is why the apostle wrote to the Thessalonians and said to them in chapter uh, 2 of Thessalonians. For this cause also we thank God without ceasing because when you received the word of God which you heard of us. You received it not as the word of men but as it is in truth. The word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Uh, this is a, an interesting word. It energizes and God takes his word and makes it effective in our lives for his glory. And uh, we thank God that this is what we have uh, witnessed among those in the Sahara Desert. As we have gone to them and carried God's word to them and our purpose has been to give them God's word so they can understand it because I believe this book uh, talks to man wherever he is found. And the Lord has uh, demonstrated that to us in our ministry. Uh, they need God's word where they can understand it. And the one thing I know there are lots of different uh, methods that are being expounded today and put forth as ways to carry the gospel to the world but i think we we get we tend to get away from the basic things one thing is we must carry the message to these people that they can understand and most of the people in the world do not understand the english language 
And we, we get lost. We're over here and we get lost on that, on that thing. We have missionaries that are going to mission fields today that are trying to teach people English so they can understand God's word. Shame on us. How would you have to learn about Jesus Christ through Spanish? Would you enjoy that? Well, it could be done, perhaps. I know people that use interpreters, missionaries that never do anything in their missionary work but speak through an interpreter. And we read in this book, the New Testament, where it says, If the trumpet give forth an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? We also read in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost where as the Spirit of God gave utterance to the apostles of Jesus Christ, it says that these men from parts, all parts of the world were gathered together in Jerusalem. There were, there were Arabs saved that day, by the way, on the day of Pentecost. And those people, what did they say? They said, what is this miracle? Each of us hears these people preaching the marvelous works of God in the language, in our own language, in in our own dialect, in our own tongue. God intended for man to hear this in his language because that's what you're going to understand. You're not going to understand someone else's language. But as we prepared this and put it in the language these people understand, and God opened the door on the radio for us to go on to the radio broadcast, as you, may, as you saw on the, uh, on the DVD. The, the most blessed thing we were hearing was these people were saying, we understand that. We understand what they're saying. And uh, the first reaction was a lot of the people said, we don't want to listen to it. Because they had the idea that if they didn't even listen to it, that maybe they would not be responsible for it. But we just kept preaching God's word, kept preaching God's word, kept giving these people God's eternal word. And now, as we have continued, after 15 years on the radio, uh, many people are, are coming to us and telling us that they have trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. In the last uh, 14 months, we have had over 300 Professions of faith in Jesus Christ. People that have said, we believe that Jesus is the Son of God and our Savior, and we have trusted him as our Savior. And some of my Christian friends over there have told me, David, there are a lot more than that. I was uh, back in the village there about three years ago, and many of you know that my wife Donna had a heart attack in 2009, and she has not been able to go back to Africa since then because of the weakness of her heart that the state that it was left in and I went over and we had been told to stay uh, to keep a low profile at that time many of you are are, uh, conscious of the state the world's in today and as our brother mentioned in the Sunday school hour this is indeed true that uh, we have had wake-up calls that I don't see many people have been uh, woke up but we have had wake-up calls. If you don't believe it, try to travel to another part of the world today. And going through the lines and uh, the uh, strip searches even. And taking hours and hours just to go through security precautions. Uh, and we think we own ourselves and that we run our own life? Oh, no. 
We're being run today by, our lives are being manipulated today by people on the other side of the world. Whether we like that or not. And uh, I was told to stay uh, out of uh, sight. Especially that I not be noticed by certain groups of people. But one day I went out into the marketplace and as I was in the marketplace, there were people saying to me, um, David, uh, how's your wife? Uh, and I would tell them they had heard she, had, she was sick and, and was not well. And they would say to me, we have been praying for her. Now, this is uh, odd to me because uh, th- these, these people of this religion, they don't pray for people like we do. And I was amazed at that, and I said to one of my, uh, my professing Christians there in the, uh, in the town, I said to him, what, what are these, why are these people telling me this? He said, David, he said, when the radio broadcast is run that you're using, everybody in this marketplace has their radio tuned, and they're listening. And the whole face of the country is being changed just by God's word by God's word now you know today whoever you are wherever you are if you're if you're if you're willing for God to use you he'll use you today somewhere in his work maybe not in Africa but in Chattanooga Tennessee now we all have problems and struggles in our life and the apostle when he went out and he said that we knew God had called us, but he ran into difficulties. If you read the New Testament, you're going to find that. But God also led him because he had this vision. And, that, and when they went uh, into Philippi and went down to the prayer meeting and they saw these people, a place where prayer was wont to be made, and God opened Lydia's heart and she received Christ as her Savior. And then the demon possessed a young lady. When Paul rebuked her and she, her life was transformed as a result of meeting with the word of God and the messenger of the word of God. And then when they were thrown into prison and Paul and Silas they were beaten and bound in just a few hours, the, the, the guard of the prison himself, his life was transformed when he accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. And he even uh, took Paul out and washed him and Silas at night and refreshed them instead of persecuting them further. We have seen times when God definitely moved to open doors for us. For 15 years, we had six converts. Not very encouraging. In fact, the first, the first uh, few weeks we went into this country where we work, the, the new president had just overthrown the government. And he said, our country is 95% of uh, the Islamic religion, and we intend to stay that way. Now, that wasn't very encouraging to a new missionary. Do you think it was, Brother Allen? But, you know, I prayed. I said, Lord, give us that other 5%. And the Lord is doing and has been doing that. In uh, 1995, 94, 93, 92, there was a change in the government situation in this desert country. And uh, they took apart their uh, religious government and installed a secular government. And we went down to the radio station and asked if we could go on radio. It had been forbidden before that for us. 
And they said to us, they said, well, we think maybe we can work this out. Uh, we'll talk to our boss man who's 700 miles away. We've lived uh, for 40 years. The bank we banked with was uh, 700 miles away. Yeah, that can get interesting. And uh, so we waited for about a week or 10 days, and my friend from the radio station made a phone call, and he said, uh, David, uh, you still wanting to go on the radio? I said, yes. He said, can you pay a whole year in advance? Oh, about $3,500. And uh, well, uh, I was doing some calculating. Of course, I didn't have particularly $3,500 in my pocket, but at that time, I was having to fly a three-hour flight one way and come back uh, three hours, and that cost us about $1,500 each way, $3,000 I was having to pay just to get to the bank to get our funds. Now, uh, what we had to do because of that, we had waited about four months. So there'd be money there uh, that the mission uh, would send to the bank down there in the capital of the country. Uh, we, we'd wait till there was enough money to make it uh, worth spending that much money. I had malaria. I've had malaria probably about 100 times in my life, and for about two years I thought I was dying. So that's why I was flying. Didn't have a vehicle that was roadworthy. And I knew that there was money. It had been several months since I'd been down to that bank, and I knew there was money down there. And I asked my friend on the radio station, I said, uh, in, on the phone, I said, uh, will you take a check? My mind was going, well, we don't have time. This is an open door to preach the gospel of these people that have never heard. Uh, we don't have time to write letters. It may take six weeks for a letter to get to our, our churches or three weeks, at least in three weeks to come back. We don't have time to write and ask, could you help us to go on the radio? And I was thinking, we, there's money. There's that much money in the bank down there. 700 miles away, I'll just write a check on that, and we'll get this thing started. Amen? It's, I, mean, I mean, are we, are we serious about this, or are we not? And so he told me, he said, I think we will. I said, I'll be there in 10 minutes. And I went over, and I wrote a check, and we started on the radio. We've now been on the radio about 15 years. We've been preaching the gospel, and we just preach this book. That's all we do. We don't talk about politics. We don't talk about religions. Uh, and uh, people have asked me, well, do you talk about this religion? And I have had questions come in. Let them teach their religion. We teach this book. We teach Jesus Christ. We preach Jesus Christ the Lord. And ourselves, your servants, for Christ's sake. And uh, now we have heard that many, many have been listening for these years on the radio. And God's word as God told Jeremiah, is not my word as a hammer, saith the Lord, that breaketh the rock in pieces. And God is doing his work there. Another thing that I knew that God definitely led us, one day a missionary friend that uh, was working in our part of the country, he was from England. He was giving out some of our uh, New Testaments, that you, some of our literature is down here on the front uh, uh, bench here, if you'd like to see some of it. The Gospel, uh, the New Testament, we have also the book of Genesis, different things we've done and published and put out. And uh, he told me, he said, David, I was distributing this, and some of uh, the people out in the desert, they said, uh, well, we can't read this because this is uh, in Roman script. If it were written with Arabic characters, perhaps we could read it. And uh, so he said, there's a man in England 
that helps to do transliteration. Now, not translation, but transliteration, which means taking characters of one alphabet and making them characters of, a, of another alphabet. And we got uh, in contact with him and worked on this for about two or three years. We already had the translation done. And we got this uh, done in uh, about two years. We, the Lord had already led us to a young man who was raised in a Quranic school out in the desert. And he could read the Arabic script, but he couldn't read anything else. But uh, when we had this man in England with his computer, did the transliteration, he would send it to us by email, and we would print it off, and uh, Ali, our, our Christian friend who had trusted Christ as his Savior, and uh, he would read it in this book, the Arabic script, and I would follow along with the phonetic script. And after he had read it through five times, no mistakes, we printed it. Well, what happened? One of our Christians lived out in the desert about 50 miles from town. And uh, he said, I'd like to have one of those, and I left it with him. And he had a... Um, an Islamic teacher that visited him, Stephen. And uh, they carry these little things around, and they've got uh, writings from their holy book in here, and they make up their own ink, and then they take a a, a board about the size of uh, my two hands put together here, and they take their ink, and they go out and find people in the desert, and and they'll write uh, verses out of their holy book on that uh, with their ink. And uh, if you're sick with a certain disease and take that and wash it into a bowl of water drink it uh, you'll get well that is what they think and of course they don't do that for nothing it costs uh, uh, money i've seen people give a whole camel two camels for that that right now camel goes for maybe four five six hundred dollars thousand dollars two thousand dollars for just some writing on a board like that well Uh, Our Abraham, our Christian friend in the desert, had a relative who was a teacher that came by. And uh, at that time, we didn't have this printed volume, but we just had something that was copied by photocopy. And uh, he showed it to his uh, Muslim teacher friend, and he opened it up and started looking through it and reading it. And uh, he said to Abraham, he said, I'd like to have this. Can I have this? He said, yeah, you can have it. He said, yeah, I'll let you take it. So he took it away, lived uh, several days uh, camel ride away, and came back several days later. And he said, you know, could I have four more of these? He said, uh, I would like for my children to learn to read this beautiful script. Uh, It's just beautiful. And uh, so Abraham told me about it. We sent word to England, and uh, we were still in process of, of, of getting this printed. And he sent me four more copies. It was about that thick. Uh, because it was not printed on fine paper like this. And so they came in the mail. We sent them out to the desert, and Stephen came, picked them out, took them home with him. About a month later, he came back, and he said to Abraham, he said, uh, what am I going to do? What what are you talking about? He said, I have spent my whole life teaching error and falsehood. What am I going to do? See, he had not just been teaching his children to read the script. The message had got to his heart. I heard that a translator uh, once said this. He said, translating uh, God's word, the Bible, into another language is like trying to wire a house without 
pulling the main switch. <laughs> I knew exactly what he meant. Uh, you can't escape this. You know, it's not just, you know, in our day and time, we emphasize ink and paper. But the, what does the scripture say? The letter killeth, but the spirit quickens and makes alive. And this is not just ink and paper, friends. This is the living word of God. It's on fire. It's power. And as the prophet Isaiah said, it's not my word is a fire, saith the Lord. And so Stephen, the last I heard from him, one of his neighbors came to Abraham. He said, y'all have ruined Stephen. Uh, what, what, what do you mean? Well, he, he don't ever come to the mosque anymore. And he sits, he sits in his tent listening to these cassette tapes of the gospel of Jesus Christ and reading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the last I heard, he had moved away from his village, moved out into the desert. Pray for this man. He's suffering. He's suffered from persecution. He's also suffering from economic problem because his livelihood is gone. But, you know, I told Abraham, I said, you tell him that he's going to take this book and he's going to take it out and teach it. Just like he has done the other. And you folks are going to support him to do that. Now that's how, that's how gospel work is done, is it not? Amen. And we're praying that that will happen. I think about uh, Al-Hassan, a friend that came to me the last I'd heard from him. He had been uh, uh, persecuting Christians and making fun of Christians. And then he got a hold of this, uh, this little... Uh, memory card with the New Testament and plugged it in and listened. And Al-Hassan, one day I was in town walking down the street and I saw somebody driving, riding up and trying to flag me down. He was riding a motorbike. And I thought to myself, who in the world is this? And I stopped and it was Al-Hassan. And he said, uh, he stopped and he had received one of these. And he said, uh, I want to thank you for putting God's word in our language. His whole life had changed. His countenance had changed. He had trusted Jesus Christ as his Savior. I think about Rose, who came, came and knocked on our door. And uh, I came to the house from town, and there she was. And I assume a lot of people in our, the country we work in, a lot of the people are poverty-stricken. And we've helped a lot of people over the years because I can't. I don't, I don't teach a social gospel, but I'm not going to live next door to somebody that's hungry if I have food to eat. I will not do that. And uh, we help a lot of people and have over the years. And that may be one reason the door has stayed open for us in this country that we work in. But I saw her there, and I just knew they were in need and probably needed something. And I was not in the, in the mood to uh, hear that kind of thing. And, uh, but I told my guardian who was there, I said, listen, uh, tell her I'll be there in just a minute. And I went down to our little place where they sit there and wait next to our front door. And I sat down to listen to what Rose had to say. And she said, David, the only reason I've come, I want you to pray for me, to pray that I can receive salvation through Jesus Christ. She said, I have seen all of my friends, my lady friends, she said, even if they are hungry and don't have food to eat, they have joy and peace and are rejoicing. And that's what I want. 
And I was thinking, scratching my head, thinking, who are these friends she's talking about? I'm telling you, folks, these things are going on almost without me even knowing about it. Just because these people are listening to the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I sat and we prayed together. And her life is transformed immediately. A few weeks later, I, I saw her husband, Antipas. As the name I, by the way, we use a lot of code names, uh, forgive us, because we don't want uh, some of the, as you understand, the religion we're dealing with uh, searches and destroys people that come out of their religion and come to faith in Jesus Christ. That's part of the, their religion, by the way. They can't erase that out, you know. But Antipas, uh, they were having a meeting at his house. And this man had been a thief and extortionist, a sorcerer. And here he is participating in this meeting, and uh, his life has changed because they're listening to God's word. And we had a gospel meeting there. We had Bible questions and answers. And Antipas spoke. He was participating. He spoke up in this meeting and he said, David, when we listen to this, we hear about you talking about sin that we're guilty of and it scares us. And I said, well, you should be convicted, but don't be scared. Just ask God to forgive you for Jesus sake. Isn't that why Jesus came folks to bring forgiveness of sins And they shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. I said, ask him to forgive you and repent and ask him to help you never do it again. It's God's word, and he is doing through it his work. The other day, before coming back to the States, from our town, Rosa's sister, Autumn, came. Uh, last year, we went to their home, her and her husband, uh, Moses, and they asked that we pray for them. We had prayer with them in Jesus' name. They accepted Christ as their Savior. They had been listening to the radio. They requested one of these radio sets. Uh, like this. This, by the way, has FM radio and uh, also shortwave radio gear. I uh, thought, no, this one only has uh, AM and FM radio. We're on uh, local FM stations, so they can also pick up our uh, radio broadcast. And by the way, we're on three stations still now. And uh, we have taught through the entire New Testament now and through the book of Genesis on, 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 in the 15 years we've been on the radio. By the way, I did write the check and we got on the radio. I think I, I got off of the subject a while ago a little bit. And I, I wrote the check for $3,500 and we went on the radio the next week. And that was in 1996 and we've been on the radio ever since. But you know, uh, Brother Allen, about six weeks later, because we, we're in arrears over there. I mean, it takes sometimes a month, six weeks to get a statement from the mission board. And uh, we're, at any given time, the years we've lived there, we would be uh, living on money that we, we got months ago. It's just the way it is. I, and, uh, some people might not could do that, but, you know, you do what you need to do to get God's word out. 
And uh, six weeks later, we got a statement, and a lady had given us an offering, special offering, $2,000. She got uh, an inheritance from her mother who had passed away. And she said, use this however you can. Well, that's how it was used. Amen. So, you know, God, God's looking ahead, and this is why I'm saying God leads us every day. He has something he wants to lead you to do today for his glory. I believe that with all my heart. Uh, these people have been listening to the radio, and they have come to Christ, many of them, because of that. And now they want one of these memory cards with the New Testament so they can listen to the New Testament. Uh, I, I put uh, a special message together because we have people living uh, hundreds of miles out in the desert in their encampments, in the little oasis, uh, herding their sheep and goat in their dromedaries, their donkeys. And uh, they hear this on the radio, and many, many times we've heard of people that have heard this, and they start dancing and praising God. Because one of the first New Testaments like this that we went out, one of my Christian friends took it to his neighbor and sat down and started reading, and he, the elderly man got up and started dancing. He said that's the entire, he took it in his arms. He said that's God's word, all of it, and it's in my language. It's hard to understand what God's word can do to a heart that's never heard it before. Many of them have come to Christ. And in the message that I put together, especially especially for people that live out in the desert, there's no church anywhere nearby, no civilization. What do I do? And the question that we put together was, I, I, I've heard about Jesus Christ on the radio, and so what do I do next? What do I need to do? I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I've asked him to save me. And on, in this message, we first we assure them of their salvation. If you truly believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and your Savior, died for your sins, and you've asked him to forgive you of your sins with all of your heart, you have eternal life forever in paradise, in heaven, with Jesus Christ. And nothing will ever change that. Never. Because God promised that. And God cannot lie. And after words of encouragement along that line, we tell them, number one, every day pray to God in Jesus' name. Thank him for the blessings he's given you. And Pray, we give them the Lord's, the, the prayer that Jesus taught to his disciples as a pattern for them to pray. Thanking God and asking forgiveness of your sins. Praying according to that pattern. Number two, listen to God's word every day. And if you can read and have access to a copy of the word of God, read some every day. Number three, if there's anyone else in your neighborhood that also believes in Jesus Christ. Meet with that person and listen together to God's word and pray together. Another uh, point, we point out the sins that we're, uh, we're warned about in the New Testament epistles and tell them to beware of sin, beware of lying, beware of adultery, beware of these things. And if you do sin, immediately confess that sin to, to, to God in Jesus' name. 
And ask forgiveness of that sin. And ask God to help you not do that anymore. But to transform your life by his word. So that is why many of the the, the people out there. uh, We have one of our Christians, Gabriel, who's very active in helping us to distribute these. And the other day, of course, many of you know the part of the world we work in. There's been war in every direction in the last three, four, five years. And up north of us... Where the strong man was that was killed last year, we have got, had many refugees come down because that, that country has been torn apart by war. And many of those people came down. And one night, Gabriel, Gabe was, uh, it was after 10 o'clock. And not many people now, we're, we're living in such dangerous time over there, not many people want to go to the door at night. Not even after sundown. But Gabriel got a knock on the door, and he went to the door and looked. And here are these people there of a certain tribe up there out in the desert up toward the north. Uh, I won't call their name, but they're known to be warriors and robbers and, and professionals and, and ugly people. And Gabe was scared. He was probably trembling in his, in his boots. And, but they were saying, are you so-and-so? Yes. Do you know where we can get a hold of these uh, memory cards with, with the New Testament? And uh, Gabe didn't know whether he wanted to believe or not and believe what they're saying because some of our people have been threatened. The next day he came and told me about it. And I said, uh, yes, they wanted it not in this language but in the Hausa language, which is a trade language that's used in much of, of West Africa. And uh, I told him, I said, uh, okay, you, you, you just stick close by. And I went to my computer. Immediately we have access to the Hausa Bible, and we made... Uh, made uh, several of those car- these memory cards with the entire House of Bible with the House of Gospel messages on them. And I gave them to Gabe, and I said, you take them to those men now. Well, when he got to their home, they, uh, they were already gone. They were going back up north, and uh, his, the family that was there at the home said uh, they've already left. They're out at the, uh, the checkpoint where everybody that goes on that road that crosses the desert uh, they're waiting to be checked in the convoy. Everything moves by convoy now, military convoy escorts. And uh, so he went out there. He hired a motorbike and went out there and found them in their vehicle. And he gave them this card with the New Testament. And uh, he said, we don't, I'm sorry, we don't, we don't have a radio player. They said, well, it doesn't matter. We've got one, a radio right here in our car. And this will plug right in there, and we'll listen going up to that country. I heard on the telephone yesterday, he told me that his brother that lives in that country where uh, Gaddafi used to be the ruler, he said, they're asking for these cards by the dozens. They want to hear about Jesus Christ. And there's no mission, missionaries in that country, folks. We want to say praise the Lord for what God is doing because this is God's work and it is God's word. A, uh, a missionary friend of mine told me the other day, uh, I saw he was talking about this little player here and he said, you know, I can get them, David, for $45 a piece. And he had loaded some of our uh, New Testament. By the way, our New Testament, I've given it to all the missionaries anywhere around me. Uh, this does not belong to me. And I don't uh, try to get anything out of this. If this has any copyright to it and it does not have a formal copyright, hey, this is God's word. 
Somebody talked to us about doing a formal copyright last year. And my friend in England, he said, David, I, he said, you'll need people and a lot of money because there are people that uh, specialize in that. And he was talking, of course, about lawyers. Uh, he said, but you know, he said, how I feel about it. He said, I heard somebody say, defend the word of God. I just as soon try to defend a lion. <laughs> Amen. It takes care of itself, doesn't it? God takes care of it. But they were telling me about this little machine. He showed me one, and uh, he said, we can get it for about $45. I said, praise God, I need 10000 tomorrow. <laughs> you know, we, we, we limit the Lord, don't we? Uh, we've, put, we've already given 500 of these out, about 800 cards, and uh, I'm aiming for 10000 because most of those, many of those people can't even read. Now that we do give them the written word of God, because some of them can read, but many can't read, but they can listen. And God's doing his work through his word. Thank you for praying for us. We realize, and if you read uh, in the life of the Apostle Paul, you will be made to realize the emphasis he puts on prayer. And we know that you pray for us and God answers prayer. And that's what's happening now. And pray for me as I go back in January for a time and that God will continue and help us to, to find those that want God's word. We have little groups of people now meeting all over the desert uh, around God's word. And I heard on the phone yesterday 20 more are asking for God's word on memory card and MP3 player. May God bless, and I know God will continue to bless the preaching of his word for that one.